Hey friends, Kylie here, your host of Dream On with Kylie O'Miller, back for another episode with a friend that I made through this amazing sport we call lacrosse, an inspiration to many who follow her, and a wizard in the content game. Thank you as always for tuning in. These episodes are recorded from a live Zoom webinar that I hold through the KO17 Lacrosse app and are constructed onto this Dream On podcast you have found here. I hope you are gaining some insight from these episodes from some of the people that I have met throughout my lacrosse journey that have imposed so much of their wisdom on me. If you're loving our episodes so far, show us some love in the reviews and rate us five stars. Also, be sure to S-U-B-S-C-R-I-B-E. It would mean the world to us. All right, we've got another special guest this week, and I'm pumped to get right into it. Our guest in this episode is none other than Katie DeFeo. Yes, the YouTube sensation that first became wildly popular on the social media network in her collegiate playing days at the University of Southern California. Now, she can be seen on the sidelines of pretty much any major lacrosse game, on social media tweeting about the most exciting happenings and maybe potentially calling them America's team, and on Instagram and YouTube showcasing her life and spreading the exposure of lacrosse among the world. Katie is someone I was grateful to get to know through the sport we both played, but what she has to offer to the world goes far beyond just lacrosse. She now inspires many people of all ages to do what feels comfortable to them on their social media platforms, coaches athletes and people on how best to expand their brands, and all while creating content and continuing to grow her own platform. We also may have to rename our quick finishes segment on our Dream On episodes to not so quick finishes after this one. You'll see why. And you'll laugh a bunch while you listen. Welcome back to another Dream On um, with Kylie O'Miller episode here today. Um, I really know that I say this every time. If you're an avid Dream On listener, you know that I say this every time that I'm super excited about the guests that we have today, but I'm really, I promise I mean this one. Um, we have Katie DeFeo here with us today. Um, Katie is a USC graduate, 2021, recent grad. Um, she played D1 lacrosse there for a few years, and she also started her YouTube channel at USC. She now works with brands and athletes to kind of help build their community. She coaches them through the process and helps them through content creation and, and shows them the way, paves the way with her own YouTube shows and all that good stuff with Unleashed, um, as, long, uh, as well as a bunch of other awesome projects that she's working on. But I'm just excited to, to have her here. She's a big, big name in not only the lacrosse world, but um, a lot of other spaces that she's kind of dove into. And um, we also got to know each other a little bit at a camp this past summer. So I'm excited to just kind of have some fun with this one. Katie, thank you for being here. Yeah, 100%. That was really nice of you. <laughs> I'm, very, right. I'm very happy to be here. Oh, I'm very happy to have you. You know, it's a, it's a Wednesday. I mean, it's 2 o'clock p.m. here. What is it, 11 there? Um, you know, and we're just middle of the day, just hanging out. Like, isn't that so cool? There's like, it couldn't, it couldn't be a better way to spend my, the end of my morning here on this nice Wednesday. There's no better way. I am so honored. Um, (laughs) well, listen, something we like to do here with dream on is instead of just like kind of diving right into the questions, I like to get a feel for like where your headspace is today in this moment. Right. So I kind of gave a little bit of a backdrop. We are random Wednesday in the middle of November, 2021. And um, I'd love to know off to a good start, you know, something that you are thankful for today, Katie. This is corny, but today I'm thankful for my family. Today and every day, I'm thankful for my family. I wake up and I live very far away from every single member of my family. So I always am making an effort to talk because I've come from a big family 
and they're all on the East Coast except for me. Um, my little brother goes to Tennessee, so he's down in Knoxville. My oldest brother's in New York. My other brother is in DC. My family like houses in Maryland, like we're just all over the place. And I'm out here. So every day I make an effort to just like speak to them as much as possible. Um, and I've already done that with a couple of them uh, this morning. So I'm just thankful for that. Thankful to be able to do that. That's awesome. I think that's something that like growing up, at least for me too, like I'm still on Long Island with my family. So I'm very grateful to like still be around all of that. But as you grow up, you travel a lot more and like, like life takes you to different places and stuff like that. And it's something you don't really like, aren't really prepared for until it happens. Right. right? And I think you don't, I think you don't think about it either. Like when you're in high school and college, like you just kind of don't realize that like, once you graduate from college, like you could basically live anywhere and like, you'll be going anywhere. And like, especially like with what we do, like we're traveling a decent amount and like, I don't know, it's just, I, I know that you're big on family and I'm just the same way. Like I'm always grounded by them. That's awesome. And I love that you also mentioned that you, you make an effort, right. And it's kind of like a two-way street. And I think that's, yeah. that's such an awesome thing. It goes the same way for like long lost friends or like people, again, friends right. that you made in a certain area uh, of your life that again, you might not live near or you might not ever see again, but like, you still want to keep in touch with like, that's yeah. important. Stuff. So I like that. I like that piece. That's what I'm thankful for today. I love it. All right. Something that we for today, Kylie. Oh my goodness. See, I knew you were going to do this. Yeah, you know? yeah. Cause I, cause I do the podcast thing too. You know what I, I mean? know. Like, I know you do the thing. <laughs> I know you do the thing. Yeah. What are you <laughs> thankful for? Um, I, you know what I'm thankful for today. I am thankful for the fact that um, you know, one, my family and my friends are all healthy and like happy. Um, I think it's been a really long, like year or two. And, um, just knowing that a lot of the people who are close to me are still going strong and starting to get back into the things that they love most. That makes me happy. Um, and I also am very happy that here in New York, it's the middle of November next week is Thanksgiving. Um, and it's still decently warm out. So very, very great too. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. There you go. There you go. I appreciate it. I know you're going to flip a lot of these around on me, but I'll try my best not to. <laughs> All right. What is the time I'm just like, but what about you? Yeah, no, I, won't, I won't do that. I won't do that. I promise. Not all of them. Maybe yeah. not. Yeah. <laughs> all right. What is something that you're proud to say that you've accomplished today? Oh, man. Today, since it's only 11 a.m., I just made like a fire breakfast. Like, I made three scrambled eggs, very seasoned. Um, and I made like, I have this like sliced smoked turkey breast. Like Ooh. it kind of looks like Canadian bacon, but it's like turkey breast. Mm -hmm. And so I threw two of those on the, on the uh, old skillet as well. And I just cooked that up. And then, oh, listen to this. This is something okay. I'm very proud of. I made ice cubes out of black coffee. And so now when I drink iced coffee, I use those ice cubes so that when the ice cubes melt, it doesn't water down my black coffee. It just is more black coffee. It's just and more. So, yeah. And so, yeah, yeah. And so basically at the end of the day, I get two cups of coffee and no, nothing is watered down. So I had my first ever iced coffee today with my black coffee ice cubes, um, which I'm very proud of also. That was yeah. just, so I'm, I'm highly caffeinated. Okay. Well, <laughs> First of all, thank you for caffeinating yourself for this conversation. Yep, Second of all, do you highly suggest that? Because I'm a big coffee girl myself. Yeah. So it, it was just like an idea I had yesterday. I was looking at my ice tray and I was like, 
I have like the ice tray and then the ice box thing that holds the ice, right? And I was like, what if I just had two of these and one of them, because I drink iced coffee every day, black coffee, I drink it every single day. So I was like, why don't I just make two of these and one of them is for water, ice cubes, like normal ice cubes, and then one of them is for coffee. So then overnight I froze iced coffee and then this morning I tried it for the first time and it was fire. Like wow. you know when you get to the end of your iced coffee and the flavor is like very diluted and then like if you leave it for a little while and you come back, it's just like this like disgusting mixture of like water and coffee. Yes. Not anymore. Yeah. Those days are long gone. <laughs> when you're when your ice cubes melt, you just literally have another coffee. Like I don't know why more people haven't thought to do this, but I do highly recommend it. Um, for those of you listening, that was not a recorded segment for her promoting black iced coffee cubes, right. but it sounded like it was. Right. Sponsor <laughs> me. I need every single iced coffee company to sponsor me. Patent that. Patent that. Yeah. I mean, it's it. not a bad idea. I love it. I think I'm I'm honestly gonna start trying it. You should absolutely um, try it. Because I've been trying to figure out, you know, it's actually a funny story. I went to Target, I was looking around, I saw this machine. First of all, I have an espresso and a Keurig machine. So I have two, two coffee makers already, but like, I just haven't figured out the perfect way to make like a good iced coffee. So I still right. end up going to like Starbucks or something for an iced coffee when I want it cold. Right. But I was walking through Target, I saw this um, kind of machine and it says like, I literally have it over there. That's what I'm looking. Mr. Coffee iced coffee machine. Yes. And it's like 20 bucks, but it's like kind of fire. Okay, but wait, did you get it? No, but I saw it at Target and I was like, how is this only $20? And it's okay. like, don't get it. it. Don't well, get it because we <laughs> we got it, we tried it and it's literally just a coffee maker, but it gives you a bigger cup to put ice in. So it just makes regular hot coffee. I thought it came out cold. Well, so I got a Keurig in May for graduation from my lovely parents. And it, the whole point of it was like, the gift was because it was a Keurig that made iced coffee too. Yeah. And it was just the biggest fraud ever. It was hot coffee, same thing. It just brewed a stronger like concentration of coffee. So that right. way when you, when you put it on ice and the cubes melted, you still had like iced coffee. I don't know, it was a sham. And so I, I, what I do now is I just go to, I go to Target and I just buy like the big tubs of like Starbucks, like medium roast, like black iced coffee in like the refrigeration section. Yes. And then I just keep those tubs in my um, fridge. And then I, that's just my process. That's like, honestly, what I was doing too, especially like over the summer when you just right. can't handle hot coffee, but yeah. like they take up so much space in my fridge. So I was trying to figure out an alternative, but I'm so glad I wasn't the only one who was scammed but like that. But now right. this coffee ma maker is just sitting. I, of course, and my family's going to laugh at this when they hear this, but I'd never keep receipts. I always just throw them out. Oh so gosh, like, Kylie. That's like, that's like my, I like, I used to never do that. And now I'm like big into it. Like I just keep receipts. I like, this is going to probably be my downfall, this coffee machine, because I don't have the receipt for it. So I can't, and who am I going to give it to? You know, gift it to a friend. But the problem is now, if the friend has listened to the Dream On podcast featuring Katie DeFeo, then there's no way they're going to want it. We might have to edit this out. Um, anyway, back to our point about not going rogue. Um, <laughs> yeah, back on track. You got to keep me on track. This part of your job as the host. You got to keep me I know, up. I know. All right, we're on the you last know me, I'll just talk and talk and talk. <laughs> this is going to be a three-hour long podcast. Um, oh love it. Okay, uh, something, okay, last part of our little beginner segment, but, 
you know, something that you're pumped to go out and chase could be like with the rest of today could be the rest of the week, the rest of the month in the coming years. What are you pumped to go chase? Hmm. That's a good one. I am excited to go chase. Like, I guess like with my business that I like the kind of like operation that I have going where I like help athletes build their brands, as you mentioned, and like stuff like that. I'm just excited about that right now. Like, I don't know. I'm, I'm pumped about where I'm at at the end of the year. Cause like, I kind of look at back at the year of like 2021 and like when it started, I didn't really know what I was going to do when I graduated, which was like five months later. And then I just put my nose to the grind, like really grinded, like the first four months of the year. And kind of when I graduated was in a position to like freelance basically, and like kind of organize that. And so now I'm just excited to take it to the next level and like scale it and like work with more people and like get better at like my processes and just like systems and things like that. So that's something I'm excited about moving forward. That's awesome. Good for you. I have a a lot of respect for somebody who can just pop out of college and do their own thing. Um, as you know, that's also what I did. So I think it's, I think it's really respectable. I also think, like you said, it's not easy as, as like easy road as it may seem to outsiders. It most definitely is not. So I'm excited for you. I'm excited to see what you, what you have coming. Yeah. Thank you. Um, okay. So let's go back just a little bit here, but like, obviously we're chatting, like we've known each other for years, which we have technically, but like we met through pretty much a DM. Right. 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 People have these days. Right. Literally. like literally everybody that I've almost had on my <laughs> podcast. I have That's such a lacrosse world thing too. Cause like we all like know each other, but like didn't for a while, but then like would know each other via Instagram, but then not know each other in real life. Like it's like a big lacrosse thing. Big, big lacrosse world thing. And yeah. I would say like a majority of people, Hey, do you know so-and-so? Do you know so-and-so? And I always say yes, but like, have yeah. I met them in person? Yeah. Probably 30% of the time. Right. I right. Um, but you know, that, and that was us, we hadn't met and it was right after my senior year, um, at Stony Brook and I was going right into the pros and you reached out just about like a simple kind of like, Hey, I'm working on my videography. I'm working on my content skills. Like I'm going to be at this game. Is it cool if I make a video on you? And I'm like, uh, yeah, yeah." like no one's ever done that for me before. So that was new for me. Right. A new experience for me. I had no idea that the next coming years, that was going to be like half my life. Right. But I thought it was such a cool opportunity. So I was like, of course. And then you put together this incredible video that still to this day, I went look and looked last night just to make sure that this was actual information, but um, still to the the most, is it still the most viewed video? Still the most viewed video on my Instagram page. And it's just so funny because it was like neither of us like planned for it. Like right. we were just like, hey, like and it was on some like field at like Goucher College, like some back like dirt field, like. It was just so random. It's like a 30 second video, but it's such a sick right. edit that you did. And you like, you just got such really like awesome, like pieces on it. And I was like, Hey, this, like this girl's legit. I've seen her do some stuff with like some of the, the men's pros too. Um, and that's just, that was my viewpoint on like how we met and how we got connected. And um, I'll always like, remember that obviously not only because of the numbers on Instagram, but like, like you said, I think that's such a thing that's like, unique unique to the lacrosse world and I was wondering like what your viewpoint was of like that meeting point but also again like just a lot of the people that you've met through situations like that yeah for sure so for me it's like I started filming lacrosse when I was in high school I just filmed like my boys team in high school and then I worked with Miles Jones who was like the first guy to really like like give me an opportunity at all and Mm -hmm. I was like really thankful for that and just I would go 
sit at Bayhawks games for like four hours, like the entire game and just film him like the whole time and like go home and edit that night. Like, like the Bayhawks would be like at McGarvey's like in Annapolis. And I would just be like at my laptop in high school, just like grinding away till like two in the morning. Um, and that was such a fun experience. And that was when I realized I really liked it. And then I got to work with East Coast Dyes. Um, and then I think that was the summer that I filmed that video for you because I think I was there at Goucher for like, they were trying to get some footage of like W or at the time, well, yeah, WPL. Um, and so then, yeah, I was just there. And then I think the reason why it like blew up was because, and we like, this is what we're trying to do with Unleashed and like this is what you're trying to do all the time is like, I think within even the last five years, like women's across content, like the way it's grown is just like insane. Like when you were at Stony Brook, like when we were in college, like when you were in college, there wasn't as much like highlights of games and like even like just slow-mo highlights, like sideline angles. Like it was all just like YouTube, like, like highlight packages from like the broadcast angle, like from the conference, like that's all there was. And so I think it was like, when you got to the pros, everyone was like very curious about like, you being in the pros because you were like a star and like you were just like a beast and like everyone wanted to watch you in the pros and the distribution I feel like for WPLL was like not great and so I think like not as many people were able to watch the games and so I think like you just like threw that up on Instagram and it was just like a sideline like nicely shot like angle yeah. of the game and like I think it was people had just never seen anything like that like there wasn't a lot of that so yeah that was that was sick I think like, that's such a good point too. Cause like, I think back to that all the time and it was like literally a year difference, right? Like I graduated in 2018 and then you think to like the 2019 season, like there was way more of that. Right. right. And I think like, to your point, it was a lot of colleges, a lot of universities, a lot of programs were starting to see the stuff that yourself, a lot of other content creators were doing with the pros. Right. right. And at the next level is like, okay, Hey, there's sideline stuff. There's people who are really good at this stuff. And like this stuff only, like, I remember, um, you know, 2019, 2020 being a coach at Stony Brook. And that was a lot of conversations that we had within like the staff and the administration of like, Hey, who can we bring on board that literally just does that? Because right. that's what we need to take our, our program to the next level. And I think that's become such a huge thing in our game. Right. And I think like, if you look at like, if you like, search on YouTube, like Taylor Cummings highlights, like Kylie O'Miller highlights, Kayla Trainer highlights. It's just like that broadcast, like, you know, like right. ESPN, whatever angle. But even now, just a couple of years later, like if you look up Charlotte North, BC now has people that like film all the games and like they create these like really nice, like sideline, slow motion, like, and I mean, that's only like three years difference, which is crazy. Which is really, really wild, which makes me like very, I don't know about you, but very excited for like yeah. what keeps coming. Um, but I, I do think like that's something that a lot of people talk about in a sense of like, I don't know, I do, you know me, I do a lot of the traveling, the clinics and, and the events and whatnot. And a lot of the conversations in different areas that I go to is yeah, the sport of women's lacrosse is just like growing exponentially. Like so many more kids are playing, so many more kids are doing this. And I think that it's a direct like kind of comparison to what we're doing in a sense of the exposure um, in a right. sense of like what these girls can like have access to on TikTok, on Instagram, on YouTube, when they're scrolling, it's like way more exciting to look at way more like enticing to want to be like that and want to play right. like, yeah, for sure. I think um, something that is also like intriguing to me is like your story, your whole journey, right? Like you played lacrosse at USC. When was your um, tracking back a little bit, but when was your like intro to the sport of lacrosse? You grew up in Maryland. 
right? Yeah, Grove in Maryland, lacrosse hotbed, you know, you know the deal. Um, I, there was just like, like youth, 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 like tiny child lacrosse program in my county called Mighty Mites. And literally it was like, you would be like, it was like you were three years old and you had like a sick, like it was like so young. <laughs> and everyone just played it and it was like it was like co-ed like the boys and the girls like I literally will never forget it and you would get like a t-shirt that was like a color so like I was on the pink team there was like the purple team like the white team the blue team the yellow team and like we were literally like four years old and we would all just meet at like this elementary school like once a week for like the spring and just like play lacrosse that was my that was my introduction to the game my older brothers played um they were both pretty good as kids and like into their like middle school high school but then they just like didn't really like it that much and like didn't really care for it in high school um so that I was always playing with them my dad I think played in high school um my mom always my mom played field hockey but like loved lacrosse and like my dad played lacrosse and she knew lacrosse and then like my older brothers kind of like paved the way for me so I just really like gravitated towards it as a kid I always liked playing multiple sports and I saw that's on your question sheet so we'll get to that later Oh, but, yeah. 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 But so I played lacrosse. Um, I had a couple of really great coaches when I was in like early elementary school. And like, I think everybody who ends up, I think everybody who ends up playing the game in college had like a coach or two when they were super young that they are like thankful that they had them because it made them like really love the game um, because, because you just loved that coach. And so in turn, you just loved going to practice and like learn to love the game. So yeah. And then I just played throughout middle school, high school. I remember my freshman year of high school, I made JV and like a lot of my friends made varsity, but like I went to a really competitive high school, like as you did, as everybody did, but like it, like not every freshman or sophomore made varsity, even if you were like committed, which was wild. Um, and so I made JV and I remember being like, oh, I don't even know if I really want to play in college, but then I just like, I had a summer or a fall, I forget which one with like my club team where I really was just like, this is what I want to do. Like, this is really like what I want to do in college. And I asked my club coach, I was like, do you think I'm good enough to play in college? And she was like, yeah, hundred percent. Like if you just grind, like you can obviously do anything. So then I just, you know, worked my ass off and then sophomore year committed to USC. And then, yeah, that's it. That's, that's how the story goes, huh? Yeah. that's it. The rest, <laughs> is, the rest is history. Oh, that's awesome. I, I really think it's important. Like what you said, that's something that I've actually never heard somebody say before. Um, and I always laugh about this, but on dream on, like we used to call this Wednesday wisdoms. It was a, one of our first segments on the KO 17 app and we would do it every Wednesday. And right. I, I called it wisdoms because like, I always take little bits of wisdom from all my guests. Like right. I know my listeners do, and that's kind of the point, but like, I always walk away with something. Yeah. That's really the best part about a podcast. Like I, right. I had mine, like my senior year, I was just like ripping through guests and I had so many great people on there. And like, I learned so much. Like I seriously was like, this is just amazing for me. Like, yes, for sure. And like about life, about like mindset stuff, but also just like about those people in general, right? Like by the end of this hour, we're going to know so much more about each right. other than we, than we did. And we did an overnight camp with Unleashed over, <laughs> over the summer, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Stayed in the yeah. villa. Um, you remember those villas? Yeah. That villa was sick. We were living large. We no, were. but I was, I, what I do remember from that trip was being like severely sleep deprived. Like <laughs> I, I was just like a zombie. That second day I woke up and Kylie, I seriously was like, I don't know if I can like do this. Like I woke up after like the night before not sleeping. And I was like, I seriously don't know. I don't want to get to this. <laughs> it was wild. It's okay. We had like a draft to look forward to. Yeah, that was fun. It was a good session. And I think that was that, like, crazy. Yeah, it was. That I was mean, like the first draft. 
Well, remember that I was going to yeah. AU literally two days after I got home from yes. And so like the, what was happening was the mock draft, like the, right. the week before, and I was there at Unleashed and you guys were like, this is awesome. And I was like, and then we did one. The <laughs> and then we literally did one while you were actually doing the draft. That was so cool. That was such a cool, like full circle moment that, that the awesome. girls got to experience, but such cool things. Anyway, we'll, we'll get to that. But, um, yeah. you know, I think that, um, something that you mentioned uh, other than like the coach's aspect like if you have somebody in your life whether it's a coach like you said that makes you want to go to practice or maybe it's like your best friend is also going makes you want to go and like learn the game like you have someone in your life like that at a young age you're right like it does like really kind of add up and help you want to stay around the game or at least get better at the game um in some sense of the word and I think that's such a really important point but um you mentioned that you played other sports I know basketball was a big one for you Yes. Um, I've seen the highlights. I have seen the throwback videos of yes. uh, Sperna Park High School on Instagram. Yeah. Who's, the, who's the rival that we always call out? Old um, Mill. Okay. Old High School. Yep. <laughs> See, I follow. I'm a, yeah, I'm a, there you I'm go. A, but like, how do you think basketball, like, I know, you, I know you really liked it all the way through high school, right? How do you think it kind of shaped you as like, not only a lacrosse player, yeah, on field stuff, but also like a leader, an athlete, like right. a, a person in the community? How do you think that helped? Right. So for me, I think all, like obviously just first on the field stuff, like that low, that low post in basketball, like the, um, like basically it literally was like, it's like playing the crease. Like, and I always played the crease. Like I played like the left crease um, until college where I played left bench, but I still played left crease, but in practice, um, great joke. But <laughs> basically in high school in basketball, I was like in that little like low post, like low corner area. And it just like seeing the court that way was literally like seeing the field. And I just think I learned so much um, about like lacrosse and just like seeing cutters and like, like you're like how close you are to the goal and like that spatial awareness. I think it's a very much like lacrosse in that way. And like, I just think that position really carried over a lot. So that definitely um, and also just the level of athleticism. Like I played against a lot of people in basketball that were like very, very athletic and like, like at having to guard people and like play defense in basketball, I think just helped in lacrosse, obviously. Like they always say that, but like, I really just think it did. Um, but as a leader and just like as a person, I think the reason I loved basketball was because I played field hockey, basketball and lacrosse and the same girls played field hockey and lacrosse, like pretty much. Like it was like the same like type of girl, like the same girl, usually same families, like same, just like very similar vibe, like both on a field, both outside, just like a lot of the same girls, same friends play those sports. But like in basketball, it was only my friend, Claire, who's like my best friend in the world. And I, that played, we played all three sports together all throughout high school. And we were the only two that played basketball um, from field hockey or lacrosse. So that, it was just like, it was like 10 girls that like I didn't play any other sport with or like wasn't really friends with like in middle school or like going into high school because like we never played sports together and so it was just like such a unique opportunity for me and just like for everybody because like we all it was like four months it was like the longest season in high school sports like lacrosse was like two and some change field hockey's like two and some change like basketball is like four months it's like November to March and it was just a different group of girls that like from I was from the sports that I was used to playing um and I don't know it's just like I wasn't very good at basketball my freshman year I didn't even play on the high school team and then by my senior year I was like on you know obviously like varsity and like started and all that um and I think it was just cool for me to kind of like learn a sport and like 
put time into something that like wasn't lacrosse and like wasn't what I was going to go play in college. And I think that's so important. And like, obviously now people are like specializing at a very young age and like clubs getting crazy. And like, it's all like people are choosing lacrosse or like choosing basketball or choosing field hockey way earlier. Mm -hmm. I think for me, it was like in the summer, I would go meet with my coach, like my basketball coach. Like we'd just go to the gym and like only work on basketball. And like my mind was just basketball. And like, I could see the progression from my freshman year to senior year. And it was just nice. Cause like it had nothing to do with lacrosse. Like the girls were different from the lacrosse girls. Like it had, like, it would just felt like such a different world. And I think that it was just such a great experience in that way. I think that's one so important for like our young listeners and our parent listeners that, you know, are listening to like, like you said, early specialization, all that goes into like playing lacrosse year round. Like, I'm sure you also had your stick in your hand at some point throughout the week of those weeks, but like, it wasn't like your main focus. And I think that's such an important thing. Cause I was the same way. I played volleyball, basketball, and lacrosse. And like when it was volleyball season, like volleyball came first in my list of priorities. And then like, Hey, if I had the extra energy, maybe I'd go to the wall, you know? And then it made you you appreciate the wall more too, because you're like, you're not doing it because if you don't play any other sports, then like, you're just going to play lacrosse every single day. And like, you're going to drive yourself insane. Like I, I think when you have that sport that comes first and then you get to treat lacrosse as like, kind of this like gift at the end of the day, if you have some extra energy, like you then find more like therapy and like peace in that wall ball session because you like miss the game, you know? Exactly. And to your point about like the coaches and the people that made you want to be around the game and that's what kept you in the game. That is another aspect that can keep you in the game is like continuing your love for it. Right. Is in a way of like almost stepping away from it, letting something else be the priority where like, I like the word that you used, right? Letting lacrosse be the gift or like right. letting it be your kind of like safe space or your your place where like you had a tough day and you can go hit the wall and like, that's your, your, your kind of like sanctuary. Like that's where you're gonna keep the, the love for the game. And that's kind of right. how it seems like both you and I were able to do it. Taking a quick little time out from our episode here to say a massive thank you for listening. Dream On started off as a way to have conversations with some of the people that I've been lucky to come in contact with and really dig deep into what makes them tick and how they've become so elite in their spaces. If you're enjoying these conversations as much as I have been, please consider rating us with a solid five stars and leave us a review. I love hearing all of your incredible thoughts on how we can continue to dream on together with these episodes. Oh, and subscribe if you're feeling cool. All right, let's get back to our guest. That brought you to, like you said, committed to USC as a sophomore, yep. right? You got to go all the way out to Southern California from Maryland. Crazy. So that's, a big, that's a big trek, right? First of big all, what, what do you think like brought you all the way out there? Like from being home, big family, like you said, in Maryland, what, what brought you out there? And what were some of the big reasons that, you know, you remember being so special about playing for USC? Right. So for me, my, I took a couple, my recruiting process like started very early as like everyone's did until now when they like changed the rule. But um, I was a freshman and I started like going on visits and like doing stuff. Um, my sophomore year fall, I went on a couple visits to East coast schools and I liked them. Like they were fun. Like, you know, it was like, I, I don't know. I could have seen myself at those schools. Um, both of my brothers. So this is like a little known fact about me, but both my brothers went to JMU. And I was obsessed with JMU. Like I really, really, really wanted to go to JMU like so bad. My oldest brother is like five years older than me. And I remember like 
visiting him at college when I was like in seventh grade and thinking like, I wish I could literally skip high school and just go to JMU. Like I was obsessed with like the bookstore and like the classrooms and just like, it's like off, it's like, I don't know if you've ever been there, but it's like off this highway, like in Harrisonburg, Virginia, like in the middle of nowhere. It's just like so beautiful. Like the mountains, like, oh my God, I was obsessed. So I want to go there so bad. And then I'll, this is, this is information that nobody has. I will never forget my sophomore fall. I told my club coach, I was like, I want like JMU is like my number one school. Like I want to go there really bad. And so the JMU, I went to every single camp that they had. The JMU coach had seen me play a couple of times. Um, and that fall, my club coach emailed her and was like, or I emailed, cause you had to email them, but then they couldn't email you back. So I emailed her the JMU coach. And I was like, Hey, like, I'm really interested. Like, I'd really like to go to JMU or like, you know, whatever, like, here's my like tournament dates, you know, he did like the little bullet list. And then she basically, I'll never forget. I was in sophomore in high school. I was in my leadership class. Literally. Like, I remember like the thing we were learning that day, this was like a formative experience for me. And I got an email from my club coach and she was like, look, like no way to sugarcoat it. Like JMU doesn't want you to like JMU's uninterested. And I remember being so shook. Like I was so sad. I thought that was like the only option for me, like, cause my brothers went there and like, I had this ideal, like idealistic image in my head of like going to school with my, like my older brother has a girlfriend who like I'm very close with and they met at JMU. And like, I just wanted to go to school with them for like two years. Cause my second oldest brother is two years older than me. And we like, we were really close in high school and it was like, cool that we got to go to high school together for two years. And I just wanted to go to college with him and like wanted to play at JMU. And they were like, we're not interested, like, whatever, like, sorry. And I was like, all right. So I was very upset. And then I got an email like a week later that Lindsay Monday at USC had seen me play at this tournament on the East Coast in Annapolis, actually, that tournament that they have at Navy, like that, like, sick field at Navy, like right overlooking the Chesapeake Bay, so sick. And we had a tournament there and I was just like dunking on people. Like I was just having a day. Like, I don't know. Like I was just, it was, it was my day that day. And Lindsay and I guess Devin had seen me and then Devin Wills. And then she was like called Lindsay and was like, you gotta get over here. Like there's this like six foot three girl, like just, it's like insane. So they, here I go, humble bragging about myself. Um, And because this is just what happened. This is the story. So then Devin emailed my club coach and was like, we want Katie to come to like our winter camp out in LA. Mind you, I had never been to California. I had never been probably West of like, at that point in my life, like West of like Virginia. Like I, I didn't like travel too much. Like I, I'd gone to Disney world. My family's from Massachusetts. So I'd gone up there, but like, I had never been to the West coast or even at West at all. Wait, what, did you say up there to Disney world? No, no. I said, I've been to Disney world. And then, cause that's in Florida. Yeah, and then from Massachusetts, so I've been up there. Two separate thoughts. Okay, all right. I'm, I'm all like, over the place. Uh, no, um, Disney no, 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 no. World, Disney World certified <laughs> Orlando, Florida. I've been there, and okay. I've been to Massachusetts. I've been far and few between, but I've never been to the West Coast. So, I um, hopped on a plane with my dad, flew out to LA. I remember we got to LA, and we were like, we couldn't find the building that they wanted to meet us in, and we were like late to the like first time we were ever meeting my coaches and I was like freaking out. And like, I was like, you know how you just remember those things about like your, those yeah. Little, okay. Those little moments that right. are way smaller than you actually think they are. Right, literally didn't matter at all. And then I remember I walked into this room and it was my first, oh, and then we had in and out obviously, like the burger and like, you know, the famous like, oh, when you're in California, you gotta have it. So we did that. We get to the, um, we get to campus and 
we walk into this room and it ended up being like, it's like the athletics facility, obviously, but it was where they had all six of like the Heisman trophies that USC football players have won in the past. And they were just like in this like sick display. And then like in the middle, it's like this like giant statue of this guy, like with like a Trojan head and like a sword. And I was like, this is so sick. And like Devin and Lindsay were there and they were like, oh, welcome to USC. And I was like, oh my God, I was blown away. So then I went, I walked around, you know, did the visit, did the camp. Um, at the camp, I met a couple girls who were in my grade that were committed mm-hmm. or now like lifelong friends, obviously. But at that time I was just trying to feel out like, you know, what I want to be around these people. Like, do I like this campus? And I loved it. I like fell in love with it. At the end of the camp, Lindsay made me an offer on the bleachers. I'll never forget. And then I get into my dad's rental car and we go to the airport. We call my mom. We got in and out again. And we called my mom. We're like, we just got, yeah, had to. Got this offer from USC. Like, oh my God, like that was my first offer. And so, and so a week goes by and I get an email from another Pac-12 school that shall remain unnamed. And I, and they were like, do you want to visit? And I had just gotten home from USC. And I was like, honestly, like, no, like I, USC was so perfect. Like I literally just want to go there. Like, and I asked like a couple people in my life that had like played in college. And I was like, is that bad? Like I took one visit and like got one offer, but I like, freaking loved it like is that bad to like go there and like not see anything else and they were like no it's like if you fall in love with it go so then I called Lindsay and I was like I'm I'm in like let's freaking go so then committed there sophomore year so in a couple years that go by you know and um they kept adding recruits and we always made jokes that like our grade never went to the camps for whatever reason like the grade above us was like that's like Kerrigan's grade they were all at every camp like at every single like USC event and like my grade like just it would be like me and like two of my like classmates at the camps. And so we were always like, well, we literally won't meet people until like our official, like, right. and that's what happened. So we go to our official, so hype, stayed with Kerrigan. That was my first time meeting her. She was like my idol. And then um, just went to USC. Yeah. And I think the reason, the whole long story short here, the moral of the story is that I had my heart set on JMU and I was like, it's JMU or bust, like whatever. And then I just took one visit and like fell in love with another place. And I think that's just like a bigger metaphor for life. But like, if something doesn't work out, it's just because like something's coming down the line, that's going to be even better. And I really do believe that. And mm-hmm. like, if JMU had, I always like say, if JMU had wanted me and like, if I had gone there, like, I don't know what I would be doing right now. It would not be what I'm doing right now. I guarantee you that. Um, I would have definitely had like a fun college experience and like, I would have won a national championship, which is whatever. But um, yeah, isn't that wild? Yeah, I mean, and I don't know why I didn't put that together. That was my senior year, but it's whatever. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but I would have won a natty, um, (laughs) which is whatever. But now I'm very happy that that worked out the way it did. And I'm happy I went here and like the people I met here and like I live in L.A. now. I don't think I would have lived in L.A. if I had gone to JMU. I like the business that I have and like the people I work with and the opportunities I have like would not have been a thing. So. I'm very happy about how it all played out. That's such a, that's such a cool kind of moment that you recognized, right? Like from one of what you would have considered at the time to be your lowest moment, like came out of it, your future and where you you sit now. And I think that's such an, such an important thing. Like if that's where you're feeling like you're at any of our listeners, right? Like right now in life, like know that something better is coming your way. Um, And you might not even be able to picture it. You might not, not even know it exists yet. And I think that's, a really, really cool thing, not only about the recruiting process, because you hear so many stories about that, right? Like so many people end up going places they never would have imagined. 
I never thought I would go 35 minutes from my home. Right. You know? And I wouldn't be, again, to your point, I wouldn't be sitting across from you. Yeah. Seeing my own podcast or even playing lacrosse still the same way that I did if I went somewhere else. So 100%. it's a uh, life is cool that way. Life yeah. Is very, very cool. I truly think that everything happens for a reason. Like I've thought that since like I was in high school, that's like what I used to tell myself all the time. And like, I really, really think it's true. Mm-hmm. For sure. And like living proof right here, right. right. To us, and I love it. Um, what were, so going to USC, you get there, you get through the awesome official visits. You got like so many instant lifelong friends. Like that's what I love about college sports, right. As you get to go somewhere and you're not just like on a random campus in the middle of nowhere and you have no, nobody like get to go play a sport and go into a locker room and know that like, Hey, these are going to be 30 sisters. Like that's pretty cool. Right. Um, But like, what do you think? Um, like what were your first couple of years? Like at USC and then what was like your journey throughout up until you know this past May what was the the story of Katie DeFeo at USC right so <laughs> USC graduate high school in 2017 get to USC in the fall um at that point I had never vlogged or like been in front of the camera I had just done like the work with Miles like I mentioned and like things like that oh fun fact I didn't know that yeah never I didn't vlog in high school didn't like I was honestly like pretty like dream on like let's get deep here like I was pretty like insecure about it and like insecure about like my voice and just like the way I presented myself like back then so I I didn't ever want to be in front of the camera like I was so like no absolutely not and I just loved like filming other people so then my freshman fall um I was very homesick it was like a tough time obviously like you know we can LA is great but like there was definitely like an adjustment period there in terms of like being away from home, being that far from home, like not knowing when you're going to be home next, things like that. I was lucky that it's like, basically you take like 35 girls from the East coast and just like drop them in Los Angeles. And like, that was like our team. Like it was not, it was a lot of people like me, a lot of girls who were homesick, a lot of girls who were close to their families. Um, Like a lot of the Long Island girls are big family girls. And like, they were there and like, we would always talk about it. And like, it was good to be able to process like my emotions that way um, with the team. But my freshman fall, my two like best friends were Devin Heaney and Maddie O'Brien, these two girls. And they lived, they lived in like a dorm together down the hall from me. So we would just like hang out in their room like all the time that whole fall. And at one point we were like joking about how like our lives are like pretty funny and that we should have like a YouTube channel. So then we're just like, we said like, I think it was Maddie just like said that randomly. And I was like, oh yeah, that actually would be pretty funny. And then Maddie was like, you can edit them because like, you know how to edit, like whatever. And I was like, yeah. So then that spring, get back from winter break. And I was like, you know what? Like, let's do it. So I didn't, I didn't like set out to have this like channel. It basically was just like, I made one video. It was a day in the life of USC lacrosse. And it was just like, we were kind of like joking, like the whole time. Like we were like making fun of vloggers. Like we were like, oh, hey guys, what's up? Like that type of stuff. Like, and it was just like, I don't know. Like it just like blew up. It got a lot of views. Like I remember the day I posted it. I remember like I had to talk to compliance and like all that stuff. Um, And Lindsay was like, make sure like your Instagram's good. And like your YouTube's good. Like you don't have like past stuff like um, with brands because like compliance at that time was like a huge thing, like NCAA stuff. So then I remember like that day with Lindsay and I was like, yeah, like my YouTube's good. Like let's run it. She was like, all right, let's do it. So then I posted it and it got like all these views and like people really responded well to it. Um, and it was just us like messing around. It was just us like walking around campus one day. Yeah. So then I did our first road trip, which was the Virginia Tech game. 
And we went down, we beat them. And it was just like a great trip. It was my first ever college trip. Um, and we traveled all the way to VT, beat them. Like I said, we had like, it was just like funny. Like our lives yeah. were just funny. Like, you know, like being on a team is like the funniest thing ever. Like airports, like buses, just like the whole thing. It's just like, it's hilarious. Like, you know, what's people- funny is like, I remember seeing the first one. I remember right. like, cause like you said, it, it was just kind of like a random thing. And to your point before, it's not like now where almost like a handful of pros, a handful of people like have in the, in the sport, have YouTube channels or vlog or all over social media. Like it wasn't like that three years ago, no. four years ago, five years ago. It was yeah. like, just kind of like a ghost town. And every once in a while you'd see like an action picture on Instagram, right. you know, yeah. like that's kind of how social media was in lacrosse and you come out with this vlog and everyone's like, like, I remember seeing it. I was at Stony Brook. I remember seeing right. it and being like, this is like, I don't want to like it. Cause I don't like USC cause we right. play them, but like, right. I like yeah, it because yeah. I yeah. resonate with it. You know right. what I mean? Like, like you said, it's just like being part of a team, like the funny little, like one-liners that come out and everyone's dying laughing that you'll never forget like right. the bus moments when you're like stuck somewhere until like midnight that's right. really not funny but it's kind of funny because you're right. all together like that right. kind of stuff. yeah no it was great I, I mean like I honestly like honest to god I think the reason why it like I always said the reason why it, like because it it did kind of blow up and like I got like 10 I hit 10,000 subscribers that first spring like 20 over the summer 30 in the fall like it really just like it, it really grew fast. And I think the reason was just because like that, when we were kids, like there was nothing like that. Like there was no behind the scenes look at all. And I think that we, that's what we were just offering. Like I was just kind of filling a void to be honest. Like, I think if it was me or someone else, like it would have just done as well as it did because there was just not really anything else like for college lacrosse, like that type of like um, video, that type of video to watch. And so then that became like what I really liked doing. Like, I remember I would stay up like, till freaking like three in the morning editing and then I practiced at six like I was just like obsessed like I loved it um and then that next fall was when I like started getting serious and like learning the ins and outs of like so at the beginning I was just like bullshitting excuse my language but I was just like messing around and over the summer I was like okay like this is kind of cool like I was vlogging more and like with my family and like summer stuff and then in the fall I really put like intention behind it and like really would like brainstorm and like keep track of like my analytics and like things like that and like really like it became like almost like a little job. So that's when I started the KT verse thing where I was like playing other athletes at USC and their sports and then um, teaching them lacrosse, which was like so fun. And then that next spring um, just kept vlogging, kept doing my thing. And then, yeah, just like, it just became something I really love to do. And like, I really just loved like showcasing my life to, to the fans and like interacting with the fans and like all that stuff. Like it was just fun. Like we would go on the road and like, there'd be little kids after our games, like wanting autographs and like stuff like that. And I just thought that was so cool. Like, I don't know, like it's lacrosse is such a like cool community in that way that like, it's so small. And like, you can just like, I don't know. Like, I feel like if you, if you share your life at all in like the lacrosse world, like I think people will respond well and I think people will enjoy it. And it just kind of becomes like this like fun little thing. I think that's what happened. So then I, played obviously my first three years at well two and a half and then my Christmas break of my junior year I was home and I was like there were a couple opportunities that I had had to turn down because of lacrosse and like things that I would have really liked to do in like the video world because as I was playing I was also like sharpening these skills like as a videographer and as like a storyteller editor all that stuff 
And so it became these like two things that it was not sustainable for like the two of them to be having my full attention. And like, I, I don't know, I'm very like close with my family. Like I wanted to make time for that. Like I cared about my studies. Like I wanted to do well in school, like all that stuff. So it kind of got, and then again, like I was turning down really sick opportunities. And so it got to this point where I was like, I think one thing has to give. And like, I, for a week, like was talking to like my family and like the people in my life that I'm closest to, like my teammates and all my teammates were like, you'd be crazy to like stay on the team. Like if you have to decide between, you know, two things, like you'd begin, you'd be insane to like spend the last year and a half of college wishing you were like doing this video stuff. Mm -hmm. And that was January of my junior year. And I'd gotten the opportunity to shoot the NFL combine preparation stuff with Joe Burrow and like all those guys. And that was a DM I had gotten in November from the, the performance coach, Les Spellman, who now is like my like top client, the guy I work with all the time. Like he's like my boy, but back then he just DM me and he was like, Hey, I like your YouTube channel. Like, you, like I want to see if like you could bring that vibe to like our NFL combine group. And he was like, we have Joe Burrow. We have all these guys. Like it's going to be super cool. And I was like, honestly, like, I'm really sorry, but like, I have lacrosse. Like I can't like that was in November. And then I thought about that DM a lot over the, like over the next couple months. And I was like, I think I would be pissed at myself if I didn't take that. And like, who knows what would have happened? I think I would have played another year and a half of lacrosse had a really good time, like enjoyed myself. But then I think I would have graduated and kind of been like, now what? Like, I don't know. I, I think I would have regretted not following that dream and like that passion. And like, it was such a crazy opportunity right in my face that I just like knew I had to take. So I quit dm'd him the next day and i was like look like long story short like my entire schedule just cleared up like i'm good to go like what like what's the deal and he was like meet me in orange county tomorrow like 6 a.m like that was like an hour from where i was i was like let's do it so then drove down there the next morning like literally the morning after i quit and then the rest is history i just started working for him like working with those athletes individually COVID happened went home kind of like reset for a couple months um and then in the fall of 2020 got back to la and spent my senior year, which was all remote, like all Zoom, which mm -hmm. sucked, but like I got to just work more and like dive into my passions more, like, cause my classes were online. So I was basically like, you didn't have to go to the actual time for a lot of my classes. Like you just had to like watch the recording within like 24 hours. So basically I would just spend my whole day like working and like filming and just like learning and like all that stuff, like doing what I love to do. And then I would just get home at like three or four. And then I would just watch all my classes and like take notes and then just like be caught up. Like I could just basically do school whenever I wanted. It was amazing. So I was just working and like doing what I love to do and like really grinding on that passion of mine. And, and then, yeah, my first three months of this year, I just grinded and like, it was another NFL combine group. And like, I was down there as much as I could be like filming so much editing. Like I learned how to take photos, which is something I had never done before. And like, just kind of expanding my like creative like brain, I guess. And just like my operations. And then, yeah, now I'm here. That's basically, that's the story. I, I love it. Thank you for breaking down every single piece of it. Cause I think yeah. that like, and I, I don't say that like in a, in a kidding manner, I really actually mean that. Cause I think that each piece of it was like, is a vital part to like where you are now. Right. right. And I think that um, like, again, I remember like your first video, I remember then like to your point, there was such a void in our sport to that behind the scenes, like inside the locker room, like what actually goes on kind of like vibe. And right. then it just from, you know, I can kind of say this confidently because I watched it as someone who was playing and going through it. And then all of a sudden trying to create her own brand without even knowing it. Right. right. Like there was none of it. And then your stuff happened and now there's all of it, you know? Right. So I think that 
you're definitely one of those people who have like, even though you didn't mean to, like really spearheaded something. I really didn't it. mean to. I know you did not <laughs> I did not mean to. But I mean, it's it's not only opened so many opportunities for you, right? Like personally and to like expand your creative side of operations and everything like that. And also give you a career path, right? Like something right. that you probably never would have thought you would have had. Um, right but it's also opened opportunities for a lot of us within the sport and beyond as athletes who are trying to like create and bro grow brands, like this whole new pathway and this whole new right. like door that's open. So that's I definitely like, that's definitely, if there's like three, my three like reasons I'm most grateful that I blogged in college, like the one would be um, just being able to like meet people like you and like the pros and like that was like huge for me like I was like starstruck like so the end of the day I was like a little fangirl so like the, I remember the first time I hung out with Alex Oz I was like freaking out <laughs> and I had already had I think I had like 40,000 subscribers on my channel and I was like pretty like not I don't want to say I was well known because like I'm not like famous but like I, I, mean, I, had, like a, I had like a standing you know my YouTube channel and so I remember I met out because I went to go film with Taylor Cummings in Baltimore when I was home for break and she was like, oh yeah, like Alex is coming. And I was like, Alex, like us. And I was just, cause I was such a fan. Cause I grew up in Maryland. I went to all of Alex's games. I always remind her, I was like the little nine-year-old at all of her games. And then I got to meet her like, and then like meet you and like hang out with you and like run these camps and like do these things. Like getting to meet the pros and like have friendships, friendships with you guys has been like definitely one of the biggest things. And then the other thing would be just like the opportunity for it to become my career. And like the things I learned in college, like blogging, now that I get to like monetize and like help people with and like like my clients and just like help people learn about that stuff. Like, that's just like, I'm so grateful that, that when I was just messing around in college and like seeing what would work, like it became something like a skill. And then the last thing would be just documenting like the memories, like all those moments, like they happen so fast, as you know, like when you play on a team, like it's just like everything kind of starts to blend in. And like, you look back at four years and you're just like, I don't even know how that happened because it just happened so fast. And like, I think just having those as old videos to be able to just watch whenever is like really a special thing. I like that last point. Cause I, um, you know, I was having a conversation with one of my younger girls last night. Like this is something new that I'm doing with a lot of the girls that are like, not only in the recruiting process, but a lot of my girls who have been there since day one, um, right. is like a little bit more of like, um, like just that one-on-one -on -one time, like not even like a private lesson kind of one-on-one -on -one time, but just like, Hey, like we hopped on a FaceTime last night. Right. So like just that kind of stuff. And we were talking about like things that make us happy, things that we're, we're grateful for exactly like what you said. And, and one of them that we both had mentioned was like looking at an old picture or like remembering something and then going back and being able to see that video and like, feel like you're in that moment again. And yeah, um, I love that you said that. Cause I think that's really it's like gives you the I don't know what the feeling like how to describe it in words but like when you think about that when you think about like that moment of like thinking about a memory going back looking at a video smiling laughing like as if you're still there like right. that feeling like if I could bottle that feeling up like, right no it's the best and like I remember at the time like we would always say like when I would edit with like my friends and like, well, I would edit, but like they weren't editing, but like when I would edit and like my friends would be there, like we'd always be like, this will be, this will be so fun to look back on. Like in a couple of years ago, like, oh, I can't wait to look back yeah. on this. And now it's crazy. Just like how time flies, like being in the position where I am looking back on it. Like, cause we used yeah. to always say, I'll never forget that. Like, we'd be like, Oh, it's going to be so fun to look back on, like so cool to look back on. And now it's like, we're at that point. 
Yeah. You know, what's cooler is like the more time, time, like you guys are going to be like married, have kids like later down the line and then watch the videos back and be like, this is even better than hundred percent. It's crazy. Better and better with time. Yeah. Something that is kind of like um, relevant, just like now in, in the time frame of now, um, but also just like something that you mentioned throughout your journey at USC was a lot of like the issues that you might have had with NCAA and blogging and sponsorships and all that good stuff. And now the world of NIL has kind of like just literally just sunk right into into life right. into athletes' lives. And um, I guess if there's anything like any sort of advice or anything for athletes that you might have who are listening to this podcast that um, are going through that process right now of like they're playing collegiately and it's halfway through before they weren't able to like post with certain sponsors and now they can just monetize off of all sorts of different things and they have no idea where to go. What would you say like is like your main piece of advice or um, if there's one or two things that you would say if you were going through the process now, like how would you kind of handle it? Right. I would say, I mean, it's crazy how it all progressed. Like back then it was like, like the devil, like, to, like, it was like, if you posted with a brand or like you did anything, like one time I got in trouble for literally like, like there were brands in my video that I was talking about. Like, I didn't even have a sponsorship. Like I was just like, I did a, um, what's in my backpack video. Like what's in my lacrosse gear bag. And I just said like, we're sponsored by STX and Nike. Like that's all I said. And then yeah. I literally got in trouble. And like to think about now where it is, like, it's crazy. And like, it's so good. It's like the best thing ever, I think. Cause I think obviously you look at football and basketball, those kids now can sign those big, like six figure deals when they're like 18, 19, that's huge. I think that's long overdue because they're bringing in like millions for their schools. Um, but I think the, the flip side that nobody really talks about is like lacrosse and like these smaller sports, like niche sports. Like I think more people can build something of like to the kind of degree of like what I built and just like showing your life and then like just being able to monetize that now. Like, I think if I was in college now, I would obviously like have ad revenue on like my YouTube videos and stuff like that. But I think another thing that I would say just to like any um, college lacrosse girl now that is like thinking about this is like, I think it's, it's uncomfortable and like awkward at first to like think of yourself as like an influencer or like an at like athlete brand or like personal brand. Cause like, you don't want to be like, the center of attention or you don't want to like you know you don't want people to think you're like conceited in that way or like things like that i think there's kind of like a stigma around it but i would say just start like sharing like just start like posting stuff on your instagram story like doing little like you know direct to camera like you talking to your instagram or like talking to your tiktok like show just like showcasing your every day because like that's what it was for me at the beginning that is the reason why i took off is because it was just like my point of view of like our trips and like my days and like a day in the life like that's all it was like I don't think you need to reinvent the wheel. I think just like TikToks and like Instagram stories of just like showcasing your everyday life. And like, I think it's a lot cooler to other people than you think it is to you. Like the fact that we had like an athlete dining hall at USC, like I just, that was just like where we ate. But then like people outside thought that was like the sickest thing ever. Like, we didn't have that. <laughs> yeah. And then, well, yeah. And like, but I was just like, I don't know. It's just like where we eat. Like, and, like people thought it was so sick. Like people were like, oh, we want more of this. Like show us the dining hall. Like, blah, blah, blah. Like, so I think it's just like, your life you might think is very average because this is the way you've been conditioned and like you've always played sports and like um you've always had cool opportunities and been around cool people but like to the outside world like it's really 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 cool and so I think just like showcasing that I think that's that's a really cool way to look at that I've never really thought about that that way either because 
I guess like to your point, we were talking kind of to like college athletes and in this whole new space of like, like you said, social media and content creation and like how you can monetize all of that and building a brand and whatnot. But like, that was generally new for me too. And like, still some of this still is, you know, very new, it's very much so a learning process. And like, just kind of like hearing little pieces like that remind you that like, it's not so much about like what you're thinking up here um, about what you're about to post. It's more so about like, you're, you're influencing in some sort of way, right? It is a kind of a funny word, but it might be a young girl who plays lacrosse and you're not even posting about lacrosse. You're posting about um, you doing yoga or like reading a book or like something like that. And that little girl sees that. And instead of, you know, inspiring them on the field with your play, you're also inspiring them with, Hey, like I like to read too, or I like to hang out right. with my dog too. Like, that's kind of cool. Those connections and that like relatability, I think is really, really important. It's something that is really unique to social media. Yeah, for sure. Um, okay. So let's kind of like circle the wheels back to lacrosse because, you know, lacks is life. Um, right. but when people talk about like goals for like the future of lacrosse, whether it's professional lacrosse, the game in general, maybe it's just like female athletes or women's lacrosse players. What do you think of like are one or two things that you think of like personally you want to see happen for the future of the sport or the future of female athletes in the next year, five years, 20 years? What do you think? I think just like, obviously, like I think it would be sick if lacrosse on the world stage was like like was like the other sports like was like in the Olymp- i think we're in the olympics right that's a thing 2028 yeah so that'll be sick but just like i think seeing the grow on the world stage like that and like seeing it like all the other countries around the world like um playing lacrosse and enjoying lacrosse and like it becoming more of like a global sport obviously it is one but like i just think seeing that is like something i want to continue to see is just like lacrosse on like the global scale um, I think for AU and just like for the pro game in general, I think just having it keep growing. And like, I think in 10, 20 years, like having it where like you guys are like, like, you know, negotiating for like higher salaries and like, like individually owned and operated teams and just like making it more of like a pro, like a traditionally modeled pro sport in that way. And like free agency and trades and just like all that stuff and whatever a, like the AU model now is like fantastic. And whatever that becomes, I think will be best for the game. But just like seeing it in 20 years, like I can't even imagine what it's going to be like. Cause like, like you said, like the media is now behind it. Like people are invested in it. Like the little girls are like loving it and everyone's playing it. And like, I was at that US game, like where you guys were at uh, in Sparks, Maryland down in, you know, my, my little area. And just like the packed crowd and like the little kids screaming, like, I just think it's in a good spot. And like, I really am genuinely pumped to see where it's at in like 10, 20 years. Me too, because I think it kind of circles back to uh, our point from before, right? Thinking back three, four years ago when we were in college and there wasn't too much exposure of it. And now where we are here in 2021, I think it can only exponentially grow. So um, I'm excited just as much as you are. Okay, so another piece um, here on Dream On, we'd like to talk about inspiration a lot. Obviously, like some of these pieces, we've kind of dove really far into your story and some of it we get vulnerable, some of it we like to inspire with, but, um, you know, something that's important to me, like I've always taken, you know, little wisdoms, like you said, like we talked about before, from people that like have an impact on my life. And I would love to know if like, whether it's a mentor, a parent, a special person or coach in your life that, 
um, kind of said something to you one day or passed along some sort of piece of advice to you um, that you'll kind of just never forget throughout life? What would that kind of piece of advice be? That's a good question. That is a good question. <laughs> hmm. On the lacrosse field, off the lacrosse field, could have came from someone who kind of inspired you throughout your, your content creation and storytelling process. Damn, give me a second here. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it'll, it'll come to me. Um, wow. I don't, I don't know if it's something necessarily specific, but I think my high school basketball assistant coach, his name was Leo Latonic. And he basically like convinced, he was like the first person to like really convince me that like the incremental work that you do every day adds up and like you will be able, you can literally achieve any outcome you want over time if you just do the work every day and like how like little habits just become like success over time. And like, I think for me, my sophomore year of high school, as I said, I was on varsity basketball, but I didn't play at all. Like I literally rode the bench and like that next summer, I was just, I grinded all summer and like then junior year, I played a little bit more and then I grinded all summer the next summer. And then like my senior year, I was first team all County. And like, I think for me, just seeing that progress over time and just knowing that like, if you love something and like, you're willing to just work at it every single day, like there is actually no limit to what you can accomplish. And like, that's just like, he never said that or anything necessarily, but like, that was just like a lesson that I took from him. And that like, you literally control, you control your life. Like there's a quote that's like, I forget, I might've seen this on like TikTok, but it's like on your deathbed, basically. It's like, imagine on your deathbed, there's like a bunch of like ghosts of, of like the current, like 90 year old you, like standing around your deathbed. And they're basically like the versions of you that you could have become if you had like followed your dreams or like um, invested in yourself or like done the things that you wanted to do. Mm. I think about that a lot. Like every day, basically you have a decision to like keep working towards the life that you want and like the person you want to become or don't. And like, if you don't, like you're still going to live and like, you're still going to exist. And like, but you're just not going to be your fullest potential. And so I always think about that. If I'm like 90 years old, like if there were like ghosts of me, like versions of me around me that were like, well, who I could have become like this wildly successful, whatever, but then I just didn't, you know? And that freaks me out. Like I, I think about that a lot. And it just goes back to like, if you work, at something you will succeed like whether it's whether you succeed at the actual thing or like you fail and then you succeed a year later or like you fail and fail again and fail again and fail again but like you learn and like you made friends along the way or like whatever it is like you'll never regret working towards something ever hmm. that's what i'd say i like that There's a lot I, there. I i like that it took you a little while to think of that because it was a good one and it was just so funny because you were like um, it's not really that specific, but so and so this exact year in my life. Yeah, and then I'm like, it wasn't specific, but like on February 17th of 2017. <laughs> yeah. But that's 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 that I'd say. Just like, I don't know. There's no limit to what you can achieve if you put your mind to it, which is so corny, but like it literally is true. Oh, it's like, true. It sounds so that, corny, but I it's think like, that it's really so true. important that like you learn that at that such a young age, right? Like you remember that moment and from that coach, because like, that was the first time that you experienced it. Now it's just stuck with you. It's just like part right. of life. Like, yeah, it's I can't ever, yeah, you can't ever operate another way, which no. 
I think is so important because I think that's like a lot of highly successful people operate in that same way. Um, But really like, yes, um, might've sounded corny, but really important stuff. And I think that some of the corniest stuff is really the most important stuff anyway. Right. (laughs) Um, Okay. So we have a question from our KO17 lacrosse fam here. Yes. Let's go. Um, we have two questions actually. One is um, a little bit deeper than the other. For we'll start with that one. Okay. What advice do you have for someone who feels like a need to be a little bit more present on social media because of a certain platform that they have, or maybe they feel a leadership role somewhere, but doesn't really know where to start, or is kind of unsure with like how comfortable they are with oversharing certain opinions or parts of their life. Right. I would say I would go back to what I said earlier and just kind of say like share as much as possible, but like in a way that feels natural to you, like don't, don't feel like you have to overshare or feel forced to overshare, but like just post things and like share things that like you're interested in, whether it's like leadership or like entrepreneurship or like just lacrosse or like whatever it is, just like share what it is that is occupying your mind space and people will follow and people will come because they'll want to see that type of stuff. Mm, Love that. Is that uh, you trying to say be authentic without saying the word authentic? Yes, that's a, thank you. <laughs> that's basically what I'm saying. It's just, and again, that's another okay. thing. That sounds I don't like corny. that word either, but. Right, that's another thing that sounds super corny, but like, if you just be authentic to yourself, like if you portray your, oh, that's the other thing. I, when I started vlogging, I was just literally me. Like I was just vlogging. Like it was my actual, just like me. And I am so glad I did it that way because a lot of people force themselves to be this version of themselves that they're not. And then they like end up resenting like social media and like resenting, like posting, like I'm just me. Like, and when I was vlogging, it was literally just me like messing around. And I think then it becomes easier because you don't have to fake it ever. And it just is truly you. Um, And so I think that is the advice I'd have is just post what feels right to you post what you're, what you really are interested in and like passionate about. I love that. And I've been seeing that we were having this conversation at Unleashed Overnight this past summer, but been seeing that on like your own Instagram personal feed, right? right. You are starting to see a little bit of a trend of it in general where with like photo dumps and like things right. like that. people are just kind of like showing an inside look of like, hey, this is what I like. This is what right. looks like aesthetically pleasing to me in a picture. This is like what my life looks like here. I'm going to share it. Um, right. I think that's so important. Uh, it's such a big piece. Yeah. Okay. Uh, another random question from KO17 Lacrosse. Yes. What's your favorite vlog that you've ever made? So I went on the the Brave thing recently. Remember that? You did yep. yours. I did Brave mine fun. recently. Yeah, very fun. And they asked me the same thing. And my answer was my KT versus basketball with um, Jonah Matthews, who played basketball at USC. He was like one of my best friends in college. And it was because of a couple of things. One, it was my first video in the KT verse series. And like, we didn't know how that was going to do, or like, if it was going to like take off or like if people were going to like it. And I just saw Jonah was like, so funny and like such a natural. And like, I really enjoyed filming that because also that was when I had Kerrigan. That was when I decided to have Kerrigan film the video for right. the KT, film the KT verse videos, which I think was like the most important decision I could have made because it just made it seem more like, more fun and more like a normal vlog and less of like a whole production. Like, like it didn't stray too far away from like my authentic, you know, like, cause she would add her little two cents every now and then. And it was like funny as opposed to like, if I had started to take myself too seriously and like have a videographer and like, it just would have felt weird. 
but it was just care like she couldn't figure out how to work the camera the first time like it was just like it was just fun like I, like and that night we were it was um probably october of my sophomore year we had a lot going on we were stressed like school fall ball you know the deal like um and i remember it was like a it was like seven o'clock at night on like a tuesday and like jonah was tired and didn't want to be there i was tired and didn't want to be there like kerrigan was tired like we were just like all but then we met there and we just had so much fun and like it was such a fun time filming it and then i edited it with kerrigan and like we were just laughing at all the clips and like i was in the lacrosse house like just editing and like i just that was such a pure like night for me and then just posting it and like seeing the positive reaction and like people enjoyed it um and then like other athletes at usc wanted to like be a part of the series and like that was just like such a fun one for me so probably that one that's that's a cool moment too because i think that like obviously a lot of different pieces there but like I remember that series as well, seeing that series. And I thought that was such a, another void, like you said, in our sport right. where I've started to see my, like myself kind of dabble and not in the same space where I'm like making videos or whatnot, but I've started to connect more with other athletes from different sports right. over the last like year or so. And I think it's, it's such a unique opportunity because these people, like these athletes are doing a lot of the same things that we're doing as athletes, right. as content creators of like people in, in the sport, but like, just don't know about lacrosse. Right. Or they've never played it. Or they've never, like you said, they've, they've never had a stick in their hands or, you know, they've never been able to go to like in front of one of the best lacrosse games that they've ever seen. And they say, so they don't know it's such a sick sport, like right. that kind of stuff. Like, yeah, and I, no, 100%. That, I think that was such a cool, like, I loved watching that series because of that, because I thought it was great that you were getting, without even meaning to, you're getting lacrosse sticks into hands of people that like were high level performers and might not have recognized how awesome the game was without that. Um, For sure. I think that's one of our main goals anyway, right? Yeah, that's that's like why I thought that series was so much fun is because like you have these like world-class athletes, like USC is like a top athletic school. Like these people are like world-class and they had like, they dominate in their sport, but they had never picked up a lacrosse stick and just like seeing how like goofy they looked like playing for the first time, like just shows you like, it kind of like validated our sport, like to me. And just like, obviously like I knew lacrosse is difficult, but like it just, you know, it just makes people realize that like these people are dominant athletes and like lacrosse is like a whole nother skill set, like a very difficult thing. And like, I just thought it was fun to watch like these top athletes, like learn the game for the first time. Yeah. And I think that like, like you said, just getting in front of eyes too. And like, right recognizing how difficult it is or recognizing like this is a really cool sport like I want to pay attention to it a little bit more um the more that we can do that as people who are already within the game to people who have never seen it or have never partaked in it I think is right. really really important hey guys Kylie here a short break from our conversation to remind you to check in on our social channels you can find little snippets from our episodes on instagram at at dream dot on underscore pod And if you're a lacrosse stud looking for a unique way to train and develop into the best version of yourself, like our guest here most definitely has, check out the KO17 Lacrosse app in the App Store. That's KO17 Lacrosse. And at D-R-E-A-M period O-N underscore P-O-D on Instagram. Come join the fam and we can keep dreaming on together. Okay, enough of that. We back. Yeah. All right, absolutely. we get to go into my favorite segment. We're getting into the end here. Are you are you getting ready? 
for the big countdown? I, I have a couple. I have a couple big questions on that list at the end that I'm excited to answer. <laughs> oh boy, yeah. um, I think I know exactly what you're talking about. Um, <laughs> so, okay, so we're in our quick finishes segment. <laughs> oh God. We are in our quick finishes segment here. Um, And just like in lacrosse, you know, a little quick stick finish. We're going for like rapid fire, but if they need an explanation, give it to me. All right, you ready? Okay, I'll try my hardest to be rapid fire, but you know me. (laughs) (laughs) If if they're not, it's okay. Please elaborate. We're like, okay, Okay, sounds (laughs) good. We want us for story time. Um, Okay, winter or summer? Uh, Winter. Why do you say that? See, there you go. Is it really rapid fire? <laughs> See, what this was, was this was a quick stick finish, but then, but then as I was about to finish, I was like, oh, let me actually carry it out. Oh, you know, you know what it actually was? Let's get a ball down the 12 and let's. What it let's... actually was, was a quick stick finish, except you shot it high. So I saved it. I stuffed it right back to you. Right. And now um, I have another chance. And we're I'm very confused that over and over as again. to why you yeah. like winter better than summer. Right. So the reason I like winter better than summer is because I am obsessed with Christmas. I love Christmas. I just think it is such a great time of year. There's no, oh my God, like New York city at Christmas. Like that's just a magical place. Like Annapolis, Maryland at Christmas, magical place. I have so many family traditions with my family around Christmas. For example, on Christmas Eve, every single year, we go to this one steakhouse in Annapolis and we like go after church and we're all dressed nice. And we sit at this like nice big table in the middle of the steakhouse. And it's just like a vibe. Yeah. Um, my, my best friend in the world, her name is Bella Blumenberg. She's two years younger than me. She was my little sister on like my high school field hockey team. We're like your JV would have like a little sister. And she and I do this thing where we drive around Annapolis every year around Christmas, like every night. And we put down all the windows and we just scream Christmas songs. And Every the night. people of Annapolis, like we go up Main Street. I don't know if you've ever been to Annapolis. We go up Main Street and the people on the sides of the street just like sing with us. And it's oh. just the most magical thing. So I like the summer, obviously, you know, we get outside, you got the nice weather or whatever. But like for some reason, like November, December, and then in the in January and February, I have NFL Combine. Like it's just like a fun time of year. I don't know. All right. That's, I mean, listen, I... I, I love that. I love that. Right. Answer. Are yeah. you so real quick question here, because I'm kind of currently experiencing this here mid November. It's not Thanksgiving yet. I'm usually not one who's like in the, in the Christmas spirit yet until like yeah. after Thanksgiving this year though, I find myself like, like I already got my little Christmas tree up. Like I want to get Oakley like Christmas presents already. Like, right. I, I don't know if it's because last year was COVID and like we didn't really get to celebrate the same way, but are you usually that type of person who gets right into the holiday cheer? I will tell you, I am I am absolutely that person. It's, sometimes <laughs> it's before, I'd say my process is before Halloween, I start with Christmas music around the middle of October. Wow. Bumping that into the rotation, yep. And then after Halloween, like a hard November one, I get the candles out. Right now I'm burning Mary Berry with notes of, <laughs> Courant and frankincense. So I got the candles out. I got a little Santa soap dispenser in my bathroom. Oh yes. After like a hard November one, I decor whatever space I'm living in. Um, got the Christmas tree going and the music, and it's just it becomes like my headspace. You know, I'm a very much before Thanksgiving Christmas girl. You know what? I think I'm uh, as of 2021 becoming one. Yeah, it's just the way to be. Like, I mean, why not? I think it's it a great feeling. Why not elongate that feeling an extra month? Like, why not? 
fair enough and i think like right. once two years hits too like you're kind of a weirdo if you keep it up so right so it's like you might as well like before. yeah before 100 <laughs> Okay, yeah. well, now that we answered one question on our quick finishes. <laughs> For three minutes. Yep, God. I can't even imagine. What's next? Next one. One of your uh, favorite athletes to look up to or follow? When I was a child, it was Kevin Garnett. He was a power forward for the Boston Celtics. He was my hero. He was so intense and just like he would scream at people and like he was a nut job, like so intense. The way he played the game, the way he approached the game, like I was just obsessed with. I, I remember I emailed like the Celtics when when I was like nine and like asked for his like email address so I could like ask him for advice about like basketball. Like I was just obsessed with him, such a big fan. Um, Obviously my boy, Tommy Brady, um, 12 up in New England, now Tampa Bay, unfortunately, but he was just like a big one for me as a child as well. Um, And still now, cause he's still playing. Um, I'd say now, athletes I look up to would be like people like you guys, honestly, like the pros and lacrosse and like, um, like Jules Henningberg, you, Alex, Taylor, uh, Marie, Miles Jones, Paul. It's like a lot of people in lacrosse, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, you know what? I, sorry. I didn't mean to, uh, to laugh, but you answered that question at first with, well, when I was nine years old, it was Kevin Garner. I thought we were going to go year by year. <laughs> so, oh, no, 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 no. That would have been wild. That would have been people. At 10 years old, it was, yeah, no. No, I'd say Kevin Garnett, Tom Brady as a child, and then now lacrosse players. I love it. I love it. And it's all over, too. I like to take a lot of inspiration from different athletes, too, and kind of like. For sure. Absolutely. All right, going a different direction here. One band or artist that you want to see in concert right now? Luke Combs. I really, I mean, I, he's all over, he's doing, he's doing New York in like a week and a half. I'm not going to be able to get to that. He, I'm keep seeing people at Luke Combs concerts and like seeing his Instagram, he's got all these concert pictures, but like for some reason he's nowhere near me and it doesn't sound like he's going to be in Maryland while I'm home. So I'm bummed about that. But I think my best bet will be stagecoach, which is that big country festival in California. And that's like next May. So I'm going to try to snag that, but definitely Luke Combs right now. Awesome. I like that answer. All right. What's the, uh, your favorite place that you've traveled to? Italy. I went to Italy with my family, uh, the summer before my sophomore year of college or junior year of college. I'm not sure, but it was insane. Like, I, I don't know. I'm like part Italian. Like I love Italian food and all that, but then, um, sorry, my mom's calling me. Let me text her. Cause the last time I was on a zoom call, she called me a million times and she just <laughs> thought I was like ignoring her. And like, I was on a zoom um one second oh um, you're good <laughs> um anyways so italy because i'm like part italian and like i love italian food but we just went over there and like oh my gosh we did so ugh, this isn't going on a tangent again but <laughs> so I was, I, okay i have no idea yeah, 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 it's fine neither do i honestly so my um my one of my goals in life is to see the seven wonders of the world so those are machu picchu Chichen Itza, the uh, Mayan temple in, in Cancun or in the Yucatan Peninsula, but like near Cancun, um, the Taj Mahal, the Christ the Redeemer statue in Brazil, uh, the city of Petra in Jordan, the Roman Colosseum and the Great Wall of China. So it's the seven wonders of the world. I want to see all seven. So my family went to Cancun, stayed in like an all-inclusive resort, like way back when, like I think when I was in high school for like a week. 
And I convinced my family to take this bus trip like three hours off the resort when all they wanted to do, all my parents wanted to do was like, enjoy Cancun, all inclusive resorts, sit, drink, eat, like relax by the pool. Like, and I got them like on this bus, like just going three hours from the resort. Like, cause I just wanted to see this temple. Um, and so that we saw, it was so sick. Like we had a great tour guide. So then I somehow convinced my family, we we're not big international people. Like we either, like I said, go to Florida or Massachusetts. And so I uh, convinced them. What'd you say? North, South. Right. North, South. That's it. Not sure. <laughs> yeah. hundred percent. Nothing crazy. And so I convinced them like, let's go to Italy. And they somehow like, we're like, okay. So we went to Italy for like 10 days, actually probably two weeks over that summer. And it was just amazing. Like we were in Rome and then we like met this, we met our bartender at in or our hotel bartender in Rome. And like, he was like this great guy. And like, we ended up bonding with him and like skipping dinner reservations to just like sit and like hang with him. It was like the coolest like experience ever. He was like real, like local type guy, like just loved, like, I still talk to him on like WhatsApp. Like I literally still talk to this guy. Like he doesn't speak a lick of English and I don't speak a lick of Italian and we just communicate through Google translate. Like it's sick. And he actually, he's from Colombia. This is like why you can't have me on your podcast. Like, Wait, what? Quick story. He's from Colombia, like the um, South American country. And so he speaks full Spanish and full Italian. And he actually, and when I took Spanish in college, like we had to interview like a native Spanish speaker for like this project. Like it was like a huge part of our grade. And I Zoom interviewed him and I like spoke to him in Spanish and like, it was sick. Like it's a lifelong friend right there. And like in Italy. So- wow. We made friends with him. We had this great night. And then we went to um, Sorrento, which is like another part of Italy. And like, that was just beautiful. The food was just amazing. Like Italy, top notch, like unbelievable experience. I would go to Italy a million times over. I, I would go there again before I go anywhere else. I'm renaming this segment to really slow finish. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this is not, this is a slow break. This is like, we just, the goalie just made the save and like, we have a 90 second shot clock. That's what this is. We're using every second of the 90 second right. shot clock and then we're throwing yep. the ball in the corner. As in it the goes corner. Yep. <laughs> For our lacrosse people out there, you know, we, when you know, you know. Um, okay. Tacos or pizza? This one I'll make short. Pizza. Okay. Yep. One thing on your bucket list. Um, hmm, that's a good one. I want to... I mean, you kind of already said it. You want to see the seven wonders of the world. Yeah, that's a good one. We'll stick with that one. How many I also want to go. Also wanna, what? Are you two down? Yeah, two down. Two down. Because I saw, oh, I don't even know why I said that, but then didn't explain. <laughs> I saw the Roman Coliseum. That was sick. I played wall ball in the Coliseum. People no, forget. That. I swear to God. I wow. played a wall ball against the Roman Coliseum. I don't. And that's, I mean, I don't know how many people can say that. So probably not many. It's a very weird, like niche thing. Wow. So, okay. yeah, but that's my, I'd say that's on my bucket list. Seven wonders of the world. Um, okay. Favorite PLL team. So uh, I have a lot of friends on a lot of different teams and, you know, I find myself rooting a lot for the Redwoods because of Jules, because of Miles um, I like Rob Pinnell. He's a good guy. I like a lot of those guys, but oh no, eyeball emoji, the water dogs. <laughs> and if you, 
Oh man, I would just, just I'll leave it at that. What? His eyeball emoji on I my did. eyeball emoji. Water dogs lacrosse club. The rest is left unsaid. Fair enough. We're gonna leave yep. it there for yeah. the people to decide. Um, yep. <laughs> okay. Last but not least, most controversial question in the history of dare I say it, America? Who is the real America's team? Okay, for context, for context, right. for those of you listening. I don't really know where it started or how it started, but pretty much anything exciting that's going on on the women's across side of things, anything that's going on, like Katie tweets out or puts on her Instagram or things like that. And it's just like, that, that's just America's team. Like that's the sickest yeah. thing. Ever. They're just America's team. It's just America's team. And you've said it about Stony Brook. You've said it about BC, Syracuse, like different AU pro teams, actually right. team USA. Like who is, the real America's team? Excellent question. Um, so essentially how it started was I, the college across season started and I, we started Unleash this past year. Very, Unleash is a baby in my eyes, very new. And I had my weekly show and I was breaking down the games and the North Carolina Tar Heels were obviously winning a lot of games. Mm. So I began to refer to them as America's team joking off of how like the Dallas Cowboys are the America's team or America's football team. But then what happened was I predicted that the Jacksonville, I always want to say the Jacksonville Jaguars, the Jacksonville Dolphins, Mm -hmm. they, I predicted, I said in my, in my preview, I said, Jacksonville's playing Florida this weekend. Honestly, I'll be honest. I don't see Florida winning that game. I think that Jacksonville has been like the ugly stepson of, of the Florida women's across team for like 10 years Whenever they play, Florida always beats them. And I was like, not anymore. Like, I was like, I'm I'm putting an end to this. I do not think that Florida is what they were. And I think that Jacksonville has reached a peak in terms of what they have built towards. Mindy McCord, head coach Mindy McCord down there. She recruits well. She recruits underdogs, hungry kids. Reminds me of a Joe Spelina and the recruiting strategy. Hungry, underdog kids. That's Mindy McCord. I thought to myself, let's just make a, a crazy prediction. This weekend, Jacksonville is going to beat Florida. What happened? Jacksonville beat Florida. So that next week, I referred to Jacksonville as America's team. So then at that point, there were two America's teams. But then you can't really only have two because then it's like, I don't know. But at the same time, you can't have like a, a thousand because then it kind of loses its uh, its touch. So when, I would you're definitely under 10 still. It's under 10. It's under so, 10. Yeah, it's totally under 10 still. Okay. So basically what happened was then BC started rolling. They were a wagon. And I, I actually predicted that very early on as well. Humble brag. Um, I said to Charlotte and Rachel on my show, I said, guys, you're America's team. Like you are a wagon. Like you guys are going to make a run. I said it to their faces. Then what happened? They won a national championship. So they became America's team when they won the Natty. I don't think they were America's team before that. Syracuse became America's team when they hired Kayla Trainer. I said, you know what? I was like, I said to Kayla at AU in the bubble, I said to her face, I said, you actually, I think she said to me, can we be America's team? And I was like, Kayla, you are America's team. Like that's yes. I grant you that. Kayla AU, the AU blue team week two America's team. When it was you and Izzy and Marie and that team, the AU blue team, Timo Miller week two or three, whatever it was America's team. So now it's basically UNC, UNC Jacksonville, BC, Cuse, AU blue team week three. Um, 
And I don't know. Oh, and Stony Brook is definitely one of America's teams. I root heavily for Stony Brook. I'm a big Joe Spelina girl, as I've told you multiple times. Um, every single time I see him, he says hello to me. Um, just a good dude. So yeah, definitely Stony Brook is one of those as well. So yeah, it just kind of is now like a thing where it's like impossible to keep track of. People also get mad and say, like they get mad at me and they like in the comments on on, on these videos are like, well, like, well, like I thought you, whatever, like, and I'm like, no, you guys understand. The way it started out was that Kerrigan, my friend, was on UNC and Sarah Elms, my friend, was on Jacksonville. So that's why I called them America's team because literally I had friends on the team. So it's like, if you have good vibes, you be you are America's team. It's vibes. It's strictly vibes. Wow. Like you can lose every game in a season, but like if your team is like vibes, like America's team. And so it's never, it's never been about wins and losses. Like, it's just about like the people, it's not about wins and losses. It's about the friends we made along the way. It's, it's about being in the right place at the right time. Right. <laughs> it's about, it's about basically me predicting something about your team and it becomes true. And then and it becomes true. I yeah. will hype you up. ASU was America's team for a while. People forget. Absolutely nothing to do with sports gambling, but yes, it's, it's right. doing, doing the right Literally, thing. It's right. like, if your team is good vibes, like you're, you are one of America's teams. That's how I'd put it. Oh, so to answer God. your question of who's the real America's team, I would still say it's the North Carolina Tar Heels. I would say if I had to choose one, that's um, one. it's my UNC Tar Heels. I think it'll be tough without Kerrigan on the team for me to keep up my fandom because honestly, I watched to watch her. But you know, I'm sure I'll I'll enjoy it, and it'll they'll still be America's teams. I enjoy Jenny Levy, so it'll be fun to watch her coach. I guess. Uh, yeah, I mean, she is the United States of America head coach. So she's so that's oh wow, how could I forget? The real America's team is those in the red, white, and blue. It's 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 those in Sparks, Maryland, and it's just it's the Sparks, Maryland, United States of America women's lacrosse team, and Jenny Levy is America's coach. That's it. I told her that. I told her to her face when I was there in Sparks. I was like, you guys are, because she made a joke about America's team. And I was like, no, I was like, coach, you guys are America's team. Wow. All right. Well, that's exactly the pump up that I needed going into this weekend. I'm headed down to President's Cup with Team USA. Oh, yeah. There we go. Better be Wait, that's in Texas, right? Yeah. First time in Texas. Oh. Is that your first time ever in Texas? No, I've been to Houston, but first time in Dallas, but first time for Team USA down there, I think. That's pretty fun. Yeah, should be Throw fun. the game. That's that'll be fun. I'm sure you guys will get a bigger crowd than you think. I'm excited. I think it should be uh should be a good time to get to different spots. But um right. thank you so much for answering all my quick finishes very, very quickly. Yeah. Um, no problem. <laughs> Not a problem at all. I'm so glad I could be so fast and just you know, I, I can't believe we went for an hour and a half, but honestly, it's like, it didn't feel like that. No, it didn't. And you know what? We could probably honestly keep going if right. we did shut it if down. If you ask me 10 more questions, I can answer all 10 of them and we could literally go for another two hours. But <laughs> we won't. I think that, I think that is pretty much us saying eyeball emoji episode two at some wow. point. I'd be so down. <laughs> okay. Massive eyeball emoji. <laughs> massive eyeball emoji thank you for bringing those up too um well awesome before we wrap this up i just want to say thank you so much for um you know all of your awesome questions and answers and i think that you know i joke about like all of your answers but i do think that each of each point of them has a very specific part in your journey and how you answer each of these questions and 
you know, how you feel about each of these things. And again, like I said, not only are our listeners going to take a bunch of, of things from this episode, but I am too. And um, as you know, ever since that, that one message you sent me and that one video you made me, like I've always respected the shit out of you. So um, that's not going anywhere. And I'm super excited to hope you. Yeah, no, I feel the same way. And like, I'm, I've always respected you, always looked up to you. And like way back when, when we played out in California, when Stony Brook came out to play USC and you guys beat up on, beat up on us. Um, and I remember back then, even people speaking highly, people on our team from Long Island, speaking highly of you in the locker room after you guys had beaten us. And I was just like, wow, like she must be a cool person. If like, we literally just lost and like people are hyping her up and then, and then you were a cool person. So I appreciate it. I'm very, I'm very thankful that you're in my life and that we became friends at Unleashed. And I'm very glad that you had me on today. Very, very happy to do so. I appreciate you very much, my friend. And, um, Thank you, everybody, for listening to another episode of Dream On. We will uh, see you next time. Thank you, Kylie.